It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented today by BetQL.com. Why is it presented by BetQL.com? Because there's a million sports going on everybody's freaking out. Tell you what, we can even get into this with Joe. They don't even realize that it's football season just about here because there's no preseason games, and they're all into the NBA and the NHL and baseball. That's cool. Just make sure you go to betql.com, use the code ROSS20 to get 20% off their best bets. I'm telling you, talk to James Hines, any of the guys at Patreon, any of our patrons, patreon.com slash rtmedia that use the BetQL app. They love it. It has helped them tremendously in the non-football sports. And I always even mentioned this on the Even Money podcast yesterday. I even take a look at it on the football stuff so that I can make sure that it backs up what I'm saying. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, bunch of podcasts, including the Ross Tucker football podcast today with Andrew Brandt. Some really interesting things. He said his comparison for Earl Thomas to Antonio Brown. Wow. You definitely want to listen to Andrew on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. He, though, is the star of this show. His name is Joe Dolan. You need to follow him on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. We have a lot in common. Number one, we both like to talk. Number two, we both love football. Number three, we both grew up in the greatest state in the union. I don't know why I say the union every time I say that. But I do. Number four, he likes the Flyers, the Phillies, I think the Sixers, the Eagles, Penn State. Oh, we oh. are simpatico. Uh, Ross, I, I I am a Sixers fan, but I very much hate the Philadelphia 76ers. Let's get that, let, let's get that out of the way right now. I am disgusted by the Philadelphia 76ers. And hopefully I performed better on today's podcast than the Flyers performed. On, on Monday, uh, they actually start up right after we finish this pod. So uh, hopefully hopefully there's good vibes there. By the way, we have a specific listener question for you, Joe, that we're going to get cool. into a little bit later on in the show that I am very excited to get your thoughts on. So that's what they call a tease in the business, which you don't really have to do on a podcast. You kind of have a captive audience. But, you know, who knows? Maybe you guys will ditch us after Joe gives you his unbelievable tears of Dolan tight ends today. I do need to give a couple more shout-outs, by the way, to a couple more listeners that have won entries, Joe. Thanks to going to FantasyPoints.com. You're home. You own FantasyPoints.com. Are you too good for your home? Go in your home, ball. Anyway, FantasyPoints.com. Use the code FEAST, all caps, that's what Sean Cuthbertson did. He also, by the way, subscribed to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. He also bought something at Amazon through our affiliate link. And it's his birthday. And then the other one, Foxy Pendigraft. Now, I don't know if that's a real name or not, but it caught my attention. And Foxy not only signed up for FantasyPoints.com using the code, code FEAST, he or she, I have no idea, also, use the promo code ROSS on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Also, went ahead and subscribed to YouTube and gave us five-star ratings. 
So here's the deal. You want in, you got to fight for your right to party at the draft with Joe and I in the season long. I will pick out two more on tomorrow's part due Fantasy Feast podcast here on the Raw Sucker Podcast Network. So get them in. Get your fantasy point subscriptions in. Football's happening. Wake mm-hmm. up. It's happening, okay? The NFL is happening. When's the last time an NFL guy tested positive? Almost like never. I can't even remember at this point. It's happening. Tell your brothers. Tell your mothers. It's happening. And get in here. We want you guys in here in the season long. Two more to pick tomorrow, and then it'll be draft time. Uh, Joe, at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. At Ross Tucker Pod is where you can find us as well. Let's start. Let's start with this, Joe. People, people are off right now because of no preseason games. Right. People, I think the NBA and the NHL are still going and no preseason games. It's like the circadian rhythm of sports fans is off right now. Ross, I, I actually said the same thing, and maybe I shouldn't be uh, admitting this on a fantasy football podcast, but I just sent out my the, for the leagues that I. Uh, I'm the commissioner for. I have three of them. I just sent out the email for those leagues this week. And I looked back last year and I did that three weeks ago uh, at this point last year. So even I, I'm doing this podcast. I'm, I'm run- And believe me, launching the fantasy points business is part of the reason that I'm a little bit behind on that. But with the no preseason games, you know, normally that third preseason game is kind of the, the cue for let's get drafting, you know, let's, let's do our season long league. And, it just, I think people are a little bit thrown off, but you're seeing the Twitter timeline, Ross, utterly blow up with 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 training camp reports. And you want to try not to read too much into those, but you see seeing it blow up with the training camp reports. And I think this is what's getting people uh, to be a little bit more interested. You know, we're seeing our listens go up and, and our subscriptions and our reads go up at the website. And my Twitter feed is, or my Twitter mentions are a little more active. Um Sometimes a good thing, sometimes not, when your Twitter mentions are a little more active. Ross, as I'm sure you're aware. But I, I think people are starting to get into it. And I think people are going to see that Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Texans really creep up on them. Uh, that's two weeks from tomorrow. So this is it. This is draft season. This is this weekend and next weekend are the big weekends here for fantasy draft season. So hopefully this, uh, this final tiers podcast uh, can help everybody out. But, of course, we did have some news today breaking from training camp, Ross. Yeah, David Montgomery, Bears running back, went down, non-contact injury, carted off, and everybody thought the worst. Now we're hearing a strained groin. I'll say this, him not being able to get back up and go back down, uh, he really strained it. I mean, this is not like a little tweak. He really strained it. So not good, Joe. What does it mean? So here's the thing. I want to point this out. I say this every training camp, Ross, and I didn't say it this year. Another thing that this year was a little askew. But I think one of the scariest terms in fantasy football this time of year that people have to not overreact to is the term carted off. Because a lot of these teams are practicing at these massive facilities, whether it be their home facilities or whether it be a a college campus for some of the more old school teams. Um, I remember when I worked for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, that was still in the Andy Reid days, and they went to Lehigh University for training camp. And the practice fields, 
I mean, it was a hike from the practice fields to the locker room facility. So I want to point out that sometimes during training camp, that term can be overused a little bit because anybody who's hurt, anybody who's dehydrated, anybody who has to take a leak really quick is going to get carted back to the locker room. That's what they have those carts for. So I wanted to point out that Bears reporters did mention that, hey, don't like go nuts with this carted off report for David Montgomery because it is a long way from the practice fields to the locker room. That being said, video emerges. David Montgomery does go down in a heap with a non-contact groin injury is what they're calling it. Um, we don't have any further details on that right now, but I think it is great news. Um, in my completely uh, non-expertise opinion, Ross, you would know way more than me on this. I think it's really good news that it's not his knee or his Achilles or something else where you think a non-contact injury could be a potential season ender. That being said, uh, Matt Nagy said he doesn't know exactly what the extent of Montgomery's groin injury is. My first read on the situation, though, is in the next two weeks, unless we get a really good report about David Montgomery, a certain report about David Montgomery, Montgomery's ADP is probably going to drop by around maybe two. Tariq Cohen's is going to rise around maybe two. That'll flip Cohen and Montgomery. Cohen's currently a seventh, Montgomery currently a fifth. I think that at least flips in the next couple of weeks unless we get a solid report. That would probably put me out on Tariq Cohen, who I have a lot of, but I'm just not sure he's going to be able to handle a big role uh, in this in this Bears offense. I just don't know if he's built for that. Number two, the, and the, the predominant thought for me, was if David Montgomery misses an extended amount of time, the Chicago Bears must, must sign a running back. Look at the depth chart. You have Tariq Cohen, who's a scat back. Ryan Nall from Oregon State. Well, I think he has two career carries to his name. Maybe more of a fullback. Artavis Pierce is a UDFA. And then there's Cordero Patterson, who's a converted wide receiver. Um, by the way, on some platforms, many platforms, you won't even be able to use Cordero Patterson as a running back, at least the high stakes platforms, because they won't change positional eligibility at this stage. So Cordero Patterson, even if he becomes a running back, you won't be able to use him as such. The Chicago Bears, if David Montgomery is going to miss significant time, miss a couple of weeks into the season, they need to sign a running back. They do not have an early down grinder on that team. And a team quarterbacked by Mitchell Trubisky or, as it appears this week, Nick Foles jumping ahead. You know, this isn't like if Patrick Mahomes were to lose his primary running back for a number of weeks and you could piecemeal it together. This isn't like if uh, Tom Brady were to lose his primary running back for a couple of weeks and they can piece it together. This is an offense with those quarterbacks that is going to need an effective run game. The Bears cannot get by without David Montgomery. And that says more about the Bears than it does about David Montgomery, in my opinion. Yeah, that's kind of incredible when you when you break it down like that. You know what else is incredible? The Tears of Dolan song. Joe 
Joe, it brings a smile to my face every time. We'll go right into it. Tier one for the tight ends. You've got George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. Not exactly surprise, surprise. Not sure we even need to spend very much time on it. Nope. These are dynamic, explosive players who are probably their team's number one receivers. Maybe in Travis Kelsey's case, he shares that with Tyreek Hill. But in, a, in, in an explosive offense, pass heavy, these are the clear top two guys on the board. It isn't even close between tier one and tier two at the tight end position. Tier two, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz. What I do think is interesting there is Andrews ahead of Ertz. Mm-hmm. I think it's because Andrews has a better shot to be his team's number one receiver than does Ertz at this stage because I think Philly actually has some intriguing options. But the A number one problem, or I mean, it's not really a problem for Zach Ertz. He's still my number four tight end. Is Zach Ertz has to contend with Dallas Goddard at the tight end position, at his own position. Mark Andrews does not have that problem. So Mark Mark Andrews in a lower volume passing attack where I view him as the number one receiver. I still think Zach Ertz is the Eagles number one receiver, but the fact that the Eagles have the single best number two tight end in the entire NFL in Dallas Goddard is something that keeps him out of that top tier as well. So these are two guys who I view as number one receivers, but also there's something working against them that aren't working against the top two, Kelsey and Kittle. I like that. I like how you describe that. Tier three is a bigger tier. Darren Waller from the Raiders, Hayden Hurst down in Atlanta now, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, Tyler Higby. If you remember uh, a couple of months ago, Ross, when we did a best ball 10, and I took Evan Ingram in the seventh round, and I, I realized at that point that I took Evan Ingram, and my team could have been so much better if I had just taken another wide receiver at that spot and waited a couple rounds to load up on tight ends. This is really the tier where I'm not dabbling in tight end unless one of them falls to me at an appealing spot. The guy in this tier who has mostly dropped to me where where, uh, where I find him appealing is Hayden Hurst from Atlanta. Austin Hooper is vacating about a half a billion targets there. I have Atlanta projected to lead the NFL in pass attempts. Hayden Hurst, when Mark Andrews was out last year, did had some big games. He's very athletic. Uh, great reports on him from training camp. So Hayden Hurst is the guy I am most likely to draft from this tier because he typically gets drafted after Darren Waller and Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry and Tyler Higby. Jared Cook just sneaks into the back end of this tier, but the guys who really are most often falling to me in that ninth, eighth, ninth round range where I actually find them peeling from this tier are Hayden Hurst and Tyler Higby. But normally this is a blind spot for me at tight end. This is where I'm probably loading up more on wide receiver depth, maybe taking a quarterback, and then I'm going to get into uh, ordering off the dollar menu, so to speak, at tight end. And that's where my next few tiers are. Interesting. Okay, so if you don't get one of the top four, you're usually passing on the tier three guys. Tier four, we've got Gronk, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Gesicki, Chris Herndon, Austin Hooper. Wow, Austin Hooper was the highest paid tight end in the NFL for a, a minute, a hot minute. And now he's in the uh, towards the end of tier four, Dallas Goddard, the aforementioned Dallas Goddard, and Janu Smith. 
Yeah, so here is a really interesting tier, and this is where, you know, quite frankly, Ross, uh, most drafts, my focus is on getting two of these guys. Now, if you have Kittle and Kelsey, maybe Andrews or Ertz, you don't need to get two of these guys. Maybe you get one of them, or you even wait till my tier five. But I like to start in a lot of teams at the tight end position by getting two of these guys. The two guys who I am most fond of at this particular point, and it has changed throughout the offseason, are TJ Hawkinson and Chris Herndon. Those are my two favorites. I think TJ Hawkinson, I remember talking to Greg Cosell last year when he came out of Iowa, and Greg said, I had never heard him say this before, and I didn't hear him say it this year. He said, I could not find a weakness when I watched him on tape. Now, obviously, injuries can be a weakness. He struggled with them last year. But we saw him dominate his first NFL game. We didn't get any glimpses of that the rest of the season. But he is apparently recovering well from his offseason ankle injury. He is making plays in training camp. I think he's a legitimate league-winning type of guy. I think Chris Herndon has the potential to be this year's Darren Waller, somebody who just kind of steps up as his team's de facto number one receiver because they don't have somebody else. And apparently the chemistry between Chris Herndon and Sam Darnold has been phenomenal in Jets camp thus far. So Chris Herndon is somebody I'm focusing on. Gronk, I think he's going to be a better best ball player because I do honestly believe that uh, his snaps are going to be limited. I think Peter King wrote last week that Gronk could be third in snaps at tight end for, for Tampa Bay. Now here's the thing. He's going to play those calorie-rich snaps. He's going to play on third downs, and he's going to play in the red zone. So he can make a fantasy impact with just those snaps, but he's going to be volatile. So I think he's a little bit more of a best ball play. Um, Mike Gesicki, he, uh, he, he's somebody who you might prefer to Hawkinson. That's fine. I just think Hawkinson's a little more gifted. Austin Hooper, I'm worried about his volume. So that's why he's down here. Um, yes, he's the highest paid tight end, but I don't think Cleveland's throwing the ball 600 plus times the way Atlanta did last year. So that's why he is in tier four. And Dallas Goddard, he's somebody who is a league winner if Zach Ertz gets hurt. But at this stage, where are the targets coming from? They're going to play 12 personnel, but he's probably not going to be somebody who has a chance to get 100 to 110 targets the way a TJ Hawkinson or Chris Herndon does. Very interesting. I like it. So Hawkinson and Herndon, you like you like the the Hawk, the Hearn, you like the H, but not the Hooper. All right, tier five is an interesting tier. Mm-hmm. Blake Jarwin, Irv Smith, Eric Ebron, Jace Sternberger, Dawson Knox, Jack Doyle, Jimmy Graham, Ian Thomas. So Blake Jarwin is is somebody who fits the profile. And a lot of these guys are guys who fit the profile of the breakout kind of tight ends that I put into tier four, but just have something a little bit extra working against them. In the case of Blake Jarwin, it's that receiving core. How many targets are there going to be for him? I see him kind of topping out in the 75 to 80 range, topping out. That's a problem. Irv Smith, I love him. He's one of those guys who, if I don't get two of the tier four guys, he is one of my first targets, if not really my first target, because I think he's a potential breakout player for Minnesota. I just don't think they're going to throw the ball enough. Eric Ebron, everybody knows about him. He was in this tier for me two years ago, and he won me a lot of money. Then he got drafted high in Indianapolis last year and burned everybody. But he is back to being a potential touchdown hound here for Pittsburgh. Jay Sternberger is a complete opportunity type of guy. So who else are they throwing the ball to in Green Bay? You know, Devontae Adams. 
There has been some camp hype on Robert Tanyan, though, so keep an eye on Sternberger, who might not be given the starting job here. Dawson Knox is playing in a low-volume passing game with Buffalo. Jack Doyle is just a guy. I think he'll get targets, but they're not particularly exciting. A guy I really, really struggled putting into this tier, but I had to react to all the positive camp reports, and that's Jimmy Graham. The Bears, Bears reporters have been essentially saying Jimmy Graham's been their best player in camp. I've been told by people in the league that the Bears truly and honestly believe that Green Bay got its evaluation of Jimmy Graham wrong and they should have used him more. And apparently that's, pardon the pun, bearing out in Bears camp that that he is dominating there. So I can't ignore that anymore. Even though I think Jimmy Graham runs like a grandmother, like apparently the Bears don't think so. And apparently he doesn't think so because he's not showing it. So Jimmy Graham is now somebody who I'm willing to add to the back end of my rosters as a tight end two or three, because the reports are good. And if Nick Foles wins that job, as I expect, he's somebody who will target the tight end. We know that. Tier six is a couple of talented guys. Then it's the last tier, OJ Howard and Gerald Everett. Uh, O.J. Howard, like people have been saying from Buccaneers camp, don't count him out. It was a bad year last year, but there's going to be a lot of 12 personnel. But this is just entirely opportunity based here. He's not he's presumably not the number one tight end on his own team. Uh, He could be number three behind Gronk and Cameron Bray, but this is a pure talent bet. And then Gerald Everett is another kind of a best ball deep end of bench guy who had the big season before he got hurt, allowing for Tyler Higby to explode with the Rams. I'm more in the corner of being a Higby believer, Ross, because I, I I just saw what happened last year, and I think they're going to try to keep that going. And on top of that, Gerald Everett's in a contract year, and they drafted Bryson Hopkins. So I think they already have Gerald Everett's replacement in town, but he is somebody who produced big numbers before getting hurt last year, and that's what makes him unique and separates him from the guys who are below this who, frankly, we're not even going to talk about because they're not worth drafting. Yeah, there is no tier seven. If you don't take one of these guys, you're screwed. You got to take somebody in Joe's top six tiers. We do have an email question. I mentioned it earlier, and it's perfect timing, Joe, because it comes from Gary McGurk, I believe is how you say the last name, from Ireland. And he said, hi, Ross. I use the code FEAST for 5% off at fantasypoints.com. Awesome, Gary. A question I have that would be great if you could ask on the Fantasy Feast is, and this is going to be, by the way, our DraftKings DFS segment of the day. For DFS, which, by the way, DraftKings has a great deal out right now. I'll talk about it on the other episode this week of Fantasy Feast podcast. But holy cow, you can win up to a, a million dollars. They got $100 million they're giving out. I mean, it's, it's a good time to get back engaged in DFS and DraftKings. They even have a survivor pool, uh, which I love. I live for survivor pools. Like, that's love it. Anyway, this is the question from Gary. For DFS on DraftKings, which allows multiple entries, is it better to enter multiple entries, changing one or two key pivot players, in the same contest or enter them in separate contests? I tend to enter multiple contests rather than multiple entries in the same contest. Would be great to know the optimum strategy. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Gary. 
Well, the optimum strategy is to be able to have enough money so you can enter multiple lineups into multiple contests. That's the <laughs> optimal strategy. But uh, if you're more of a casual DFS player, um, my advice to you would were to, to if you're more of a casual DFS player and you and you don't have any illusions of winning the Millionaire Maker uh, with just a single bullet lineup. My advice would be try to focus on building the best single lineup you can build and enter a bunch of low limit um, uh, GPP tournaments and enter them with cash. So essentially what there's two kinds of lineups you can really build in, in a DFS. It's a cash game lineup, which has a higher floor uh, or a GPP lineup, which has guys who can really pop off, but you also understand it could be a lineup that could finish last in a particular contest because you want to create some diversity in your lineup and you want to have a lineup that nobody else is going to have that can win the whole thing. If you are a, 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 pl a player here, like our friend from across the pond, I think the strategy there would be go to DraftKings, look for contests that are eagle, either single entry or have like a three to five lineup maximum and enter those contests with a single lineup that you feel really good about. That is probably the optimal strategy if you don't want if you don't have the bankroll, frankly, to max enter or multi-enter multiple contests. That's probably the best strategy for you, the most fun strategy for you. Other people will almost certainly disagree with me, but I think that's a strategy that a lot of casual DFS players who want a chance to not just double up their $25 or $50 entry, but also have a chance to win five figures. That gives you that chance without going up against people who are entering 100 different lineups in the same contest. That's what I would say. Love it, Joe. That's the expert advice we were looking for. Love this entire episode. Next week, Tears of Dolan, Ross's O-line rankings. Get Ooh. fired up. The differentiator, the tiebreaker when it comes to your fantasy drafts. Cannot wait. Should be awesome. He's Joe. I'm Ross. Make sure you listen to tomorrow's show as well. The show that's so nice, we do it twice. I'm stuffed. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.